Hello and a good day to you all. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household, you are doing well in God's provision and God's blessings for your life, wherever in the world you are watching me. And uh, if these lessons, you know, I have posted more than 170 or 175 lessons so far, several subjects, and they are all on our YouTube channel. So please do subscribe, press that subscribe button on the YouTube channel so that you can be informed on a regular basis every time I put in there. I also have, uh, uh, um, and, you know, another playlist there, which is called Miracles and Crusades, where we have miracle testimonies and short documentaries from our crusades. Then there's another uh, uh, playlist called Preaching, in which I have you, uh, there are videos of me preaching in churches in different parts of the world, plus also videos of uh, Reinhard Bonnke and, and others who are preaching the gospel. So, um, you know, and also please do write to me. Just write some comments or write me a note and, and, and let me know how these teachings have had an impact on your life. Anyway, we are in the subject. Uh, the subject is uh, the call of God. We are discussing the call of God and, um, and not only uh, just the you know, just the call of God, but we are going into detail about uh, God calling uh, people into supportive ministries. That is, some people call them health ministries, some people call them lay ministries, but supportive ministries is what I call them, and the fivefold ministry gifts. The fivefold ministry gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And the supportive ministries are all the others who help in the body of Christ who God has called to minister, either show mercy or help others or uh, to teach others or people who help with praise and worship. You know, there's so many different aspects to how um, people feel drawn and called by the Holy Spirit to help in churches and ministries and in the work of God in, in general. And even though supportive ministries should not be taken lightly because, uh, listen, the work of God, the churches would not survive if it weren't for the supportive ministries. They are the ones who keep the, the machine going, so as to say. They are the important cogs in the machinery, machinery of the kingdom of God here on this earth. So um, each one of you who are watching this, if you're not in the fivefold ministry gift, I really want you to... I would encourage you to seek the Lord as to see your role, how you can be involved in actively ministering to people and helping people um, in, in the world where you live, in your world, in your circle and sphere of inf influence. Anyway, so uh, the last thing we talked about yesterday, um, you know, about things we have to develop in our lives. We, we began to talk about, two days ago, we talked about uh, character uh, you have to develop character and the different aspects of character we have to develop if we want to serve God in any capacity. Then the second thing we talked about is to develop our skills in the Word of God. That's what I brought up yesterday. How important it is to be skilled in the Word of God and what we can do to develop our skills in the Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of Truth as the scripture says. The third thing where we have to develop is to develop a good prayer life. Develop a good prayer life, and that is spending time with God. Now, that is, that is a key because, you see, when we study the Word of God, God speaks to us. But 
when we pray, we speak to God. And in a conversation, it's always two ways. We listen and we speak. We listen and we speak. So when we study the Word of God, God speaks to us. God speaks to us through His Word, and God also speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. But He speaks primarily to us through His Word. And everything that He we think He is saying to us through the Holy Spirit has to be held up against the Word and tested by the Word. Because it is by the word we test all things. It is by the word we determine whether things are of God or not. And so that is when we hear from God. But prayer, <coughs> I'm sorry, whenever I get some cold air, it makes me cough. So uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> prayer is when we speak to God. And it is our life and our breath to live you know, to live a life of prayer is to talk to God. That is how we we approach God and we must speak, you know, we speak to Him. That is how we make our requests and our wants and our petitions known to Him, is by speaking to Him. So that expression is called prayer. When we make our petitions, our requests, and when we talk to God, we bring things up with Him. We ask Him questions. When we we you know things we need answers to or or areas where we need help that that is prayer so we have to develop a good prayer life and uh, so that because if you have a good prayer life you're living in constant communication with the father you speak to the father and the father speaks to you so i want to start by you know there's many different aspects of prayer prayer and i will i will try to touch all of them as many of them as I can. But I want to start with this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. Okay, so now this is what we are talking about is actually prayer with your understanding. Prayer with your understanding. And we are going to talk about uh, 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 we, we, we're going to talk about praying in the spirit. Uh, if you were wondering why, why don't I talk about praying in the spirit, I will do that. But I will do that in the next point when I'm talking about develop your walk with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to talk about that, um, about knowing the Holy Spirit. That's what I call that point. Know the Holy Spirit. When we say know the Holy Spirit, we are going to talk about praying in the Holy Spirit and how important it is. So, but... I must say this much now that there's, you know, we pray in the spirit, we pray with the understanding, but I'm going to focus now on praying with the understanding and might bring up some things about praying in the spirit. But the first thing is in Philippians 4 verses 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So here's the most fundamental prayer there is apart from worshiping God, you know, because remember when the disciples said, Jesus uh, teach us to pray and Jesus taught them, this is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. So the first thing he says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That means prayer always begun, begins with the glorification of God. Father who are in heaven, I hallowed be thy name. It means be, may your name be holy, may your name be glorified. And then, it, then the first thing is the glorification of God. The second thing is praying for the purposes of God be done, that God's 
the things that are in God's heart should be done on this earth. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. So in heaven, God's purposes are fulfilled and we now want God's kingdom to come to this earth. We, his reign to be established on this earth and his will to be done on this earth. And then it says, give us this day our daily bread. That means then comes our request, what we need. So the first thing is the glorification of God when we pray. The second thing is uh, we, we pray that his purposes be fulfilled here on this earth. And part of that prayer is that we make ourselves available to God to use us to fulfill his purposes on this earth. And then after that come our needs. Because if we seek God and his kingdom, he will say to it that our needs are met. So, so this is what he's saying, that don't be anxious for anything. You need anything, don't worry about it. That's one thing you have to learn. Do not worry about anything. But in everything, that means in every situation, in every situation of need that you have for your personal life, for your ministry, for the church, for the situation that you're in, he says, but in everything, everything, don't leave anything unprayed for. Let, let me put this, I don't know if it's correct English, but don't leave anything unprayed for. If there's anything, uh, any area uh, there is, you can do two things about it. You can worry about it or you can pray for it. So, and, and what he's saying is that, that's why he's saying, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be fretful. Don't be worried. Don't be fearful for anything. Doesn't matter how, how big that problem seems to be. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, there's three things. Firstly, is prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Petition is to make specific needs known to God. So, uh, with prayer, that means you, you pray, you talk to God, you talk to the Father, and then petition. You make your petition. That means you bring up specific needs before God. Uh, just don't say, oh God, your will be done. There's a place for that. Uh, and that is a prayer of consecration. When we consecrate, the, Jesus prayed that prayer, your will be done, only once in his life. And that was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was committing himself to the Lord. There's a place for that. But if you have a specific need, never say your will be done. But because you should know what his will is. And the Bible says we should bring our petitions. Say, Father, I need this. If you need a job, uh, you know, people, young people come to me. I need a job. I say, let's ask God for a job for you. And I ask them, be specific. And tell me what kind of job you want. What are your qualifications? What, what is your dream? What do you have in your heart? And so make our petitions. Then it says with thanksgiving. And that's what faith is. Uh, Mark 11 verse 24. And whatsoever you ask, believe that you receive it. And then you shall have it. So what we do, this is, this is the, you know, the, 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 the five steps to prayer. It says, firstly, don't be anxious. And secondly, in every situation, in every need, everything, it says by prayer, talking to God, by petition, by making your specific requests known to him. And the next thing is 
thanksgiving. That means you thank God. When you're finished praying, you say, Father, I thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. And I thank you that I have what I need because I have prayed according to your will. Because you said, whatsoever I shall ask you shall give me in the name of Jesus. So I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you that I have what I need. So that's what it means. Okay, so that is, uh, you, you should learn to do that. You should be very clinical about it. That means you have a need. First thing, you say, I'm not going to worry about this. Second thing, I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to talk to God because that's what God wants to do. He says, Paul says to the church in Philippi in chapter 4, verse 6, 7. He says, don't be anxious, don't fret, don't worry. But in every situation and in this situation too, I say in everything, I pray and in my prayer, I make my petitions known to the Father. And when I have made known my petitions to the Father, I thank him. I thank him and I make my requests known to God. Hallelujah. So that's the, that's the, uh, you know, that's the first thing. Now, the second thing uh, is second scripture I want to give you is Mark 11, 23 to 24. And it says here, truly, I tell you, whosoever says to this mountain, be, <coughs> I'm sorry, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea. And does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place. It will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Amen. And this kind of dovetails with the previous scripture. Now, remember that I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you these things in the basis of uh, uh, you know, of the call of God to the ministry, because one, when you're in the ministry, you will always be in a place of need. Uh, firstly, especially if you're a pastor or, or you're leading a team, you, you one of the things you have to deal with is people. That's the biggest thing you have to deal with. People have needs. And if you're a leader, if you're in the ministry, if, even if you're not in the fivefold ministry, but you, 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 you know, you lead a Bible study group or whatever, people will come to you with their needs. I get emails and letters from all over the world, even from people I do not know who write to me uh, on Facebook, who write to me personal emails, some they write to my ministry. Somehow they, you know, because the thing is that people, pe people have heard of me. Uh, I'm not like world famous, but there are people who know me and they've heard of me that Christopher Alam, he believes, he believes that God does miracles and God answers. So let me ask him because you see, once people find out that you believe that Jesus Christ heals, that you believe that Jesus does miracles, guess who, who they're going to call when they have a need in prayer. They're going, they're going to call you. And once they call you, suddenly you find your, their needs in front of you. So what do you do? Well, that's what you do. You pray and then you believe God and then you thank God that it is done. So we come alongside and that's the thing about the ministry. In any level of ministry, uh, uh, you, you will always find yourself in a place where there are needs that are put before you and often it's other people's needs. Uh, people are worried, like this lady wrote to me, she was concerned about her health. People, other few days ago, lady wrote to me, she's worried about her children, worried about her husband and 
people have needs, so they will come to you. So you've got to learn to take those needs before the Father. Then there's your personal needs, you and your family. You have needs. Then your ministry, if you're in the fivefold ministry, yes. your church, if you're a pastor, your church has needs and your ministry has needs. You need finances and you know, there's many areas of need. So that's when you should learn. Okay, I'm going to follow the scripture. I'm not going to worry. Uh, I'm going to pray and I'm going to make my petitions known to God and I'm going to give thanks and I'm going to receive it by faith. Because if you don't, if you begin to worry about those things instead of praying about things, it is going to break you. That's why many people don't last in the ministry because they get so burdened by all the needs and they get depressed and they can't handle it anymore. But that is the wonderful thing about having a prayer life. Prayer is a fantastic conduit when you take your cares and burdens and pass them on to the Lord. I call it passing the buck on to the Lord because that's where the buck stops. The buck doesn't stop here, it stops there. So that's why the Lord says that, that uh, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you and watches over you. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful that the buck doesn't stop with us, that all these people come with their needs, but we are not the one who carries the need. It is Jesus of Nazareth at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding both for you and for me and the people who we minister to. So they bring their needs to us and we take their needs and petitions and hand them to the Father. And it's when we hand them to him that he takes care of them and carries them so that we don't have to carry them anymore. Praise the Lord. So anyway, so uh, Mark 11, verse 23, 24, it says, uh, uh, then here's another way, you know, it says, uh, and, and we see two things in this. Firstly, we see speaking the word and secondly, praying in faith. And we should do, do both. Uh, firstly, it, in verse 23, it talks about speaking to the mountain, speaking to the circumstances. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Another thing I want to point out that in this uh, verse, the word believe occurs only once, but the word say occurs thrice. So it is, uh, I, I should say, uh, I call it the two wheels of prayer. It's like the two wheels of a cart. One wheel is prayer itself and the other word uh, wheel is speaking the word. So you must know that there are times you you pray, but there are other times you don't pray, but you speak the word over the situation. You speak the word over disease. I've seen many times people have come who are sick or infirm. I remember once a lady who was completely paralyzed for 11 years, hadn't walked. Um, I prayed for her, nothing happens. And then the Lord told me just, you know, just lay hands on her again. And as I did that, I began to speak the word. I spoke the word. I spoke the word. I spoke scripture after scripture after scripture. And after 45 minutes, she began to get up and walk. So there's power in the word. So it says, you shall, if you say to this mountain uh, and, and, and then you do not doubt, but you believe in your heart that what you say 
shall come to pass. And that is why when we speak the word, because it is the word of God, it is always going to come to pass because the word of God has inherent power within itself. The word is with what Jesus created the heavens and the earth. And with his word, the book of Hebrews says that he upholds all things. So when we speak the word, we release the power of God. So we have commanding power to speak the word to circumstances. And and so that is a part of your prayer life. You, 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 you come to the Lord and you get on your knees before him and you pray and you make your petitions known to him. And then the other thing you speak the word. Speak the word is something you can do all the time. Driving the car, speak the word. Taking a shower, speak the word. Taking a rest, speak the word. Sitting down, speak the word. Standing up, speak the word. You're walking, speak the word. So that verse 23 talks about speaking the word. And he says, then he says, you shall have as you say. Not as you believe, but as you say. Because I meet people and sometimes they say, oh, I'm believing God. No, 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 no. It's not believing God. It's what are you saying with your mouth? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. So if your heart is full of faith, beloved, your mouth will speak it out. Amen. I really believe that because what is really in the heart of man will come out of his mouth. If your heart is full of faith, your mouth will speak faith. So that is why we must train our mouths to follow our hearts. And of course, first we have to train our hearts to follow the word of God. Then when our heart is full of the word of God, we train our mouths to speak the word of God in every situation. Speak out our faith. Speak up what you believe because then it doesn't say you will have what the Bible says. It says you will have what you say. There is power in your mouth because the word of God comes in your mouth and that's what makes things happen. And the second thing is prayer. He said, whatever you ask for in prayer, isn't it wonderful that, uh, that Jesus is telling us we have the right to come to the Father in his name with all our needs, whether it be personal needs or if it be needs in the ministry or needs of other people uh, who are in need, who trust us because they look at you and me as men and women of God. You know, it's a great privilege when people look at you and me as men and women of God, because sometimes we, we look at ourselves and we, we see our own weaknesses, uh, 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 but, but people, uh, sometimes they don't see our weaknesses. They don't, they see us. This man knows the Lord. This woman knows the Lord. I need a, I need a prayer for this thing. I'm going to go to him. I'm going to talk to her. And then suddenly it's in your hands. So then what you do, you go before God because you have faith. You are a man or woman of God. You go before God. And then at the same time, you're passing the buck to heaven. It doesn't stop with you, but it goes there. So you, you pass it down. You make those petitions and pass it on to heaven. Amen. And then you give thanks. So that's what verse 24 says. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe Trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. So the first thing is remember whatever you ask for in prayer. Never, when you develop a prayer life, never put a limit to what God can do. God says whatever you ask for in prayer. And God is in that word whatever. That means he has given you a empty blank piece of paper and a pen to write on what you need and what the only caveat is that it is in line with his word if you can find scripture for it then it is yours so whatever you ask for in prayer believe 
that you have it because you have the right to talk to the Father in the name of Jesus. So you believe that you actually have it. You have received it and then you shall have it. Hallelujah. So develop a prayer life because as you develop your faith, as I said, you know, uh, last uh, yesterday, we talked about the word about developing faith and along with your faith, you develop your prayer life because it is uh, faith is that which energizes prayer. What makes prayer effective is faith. So uh, anyway, so let's go to the next one. Okay, so we are talking about developing a prayer life. Learn these different kinds of prayer. And, and you know, it's like a carpenter with, uh, because a professional carpenter, he won't buy cheap made in China tools he saw in the internet. He will buy good quality tools because he says, these are good tools. They have a good reputation. They will get the job done. And so you as a worker for God, you have these tools, you have the word of God to speak and you got prayer, you got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's your toolbox. So, and so you should, you and I should learn to be proficient and good with these tools, good with the word of God, good with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that later and good with the different kinds of prayer. You know, the prayer of petition, the prayer of faith and the prayer of intercession, all these prayers. So develop a good prayer life and learn how to pray. And if you, uh, some people just know one way of praying. They just stand there, oh Lord Jesus. Listen, if you don't know how, find somebody who knows how to pray. And the best way you can pray is by watching others. So I remember um, uh, Bro Brother Hagen, I mean, he used to pray. He was a man of prayer. Before every seminar he did, he would take a week off and just pray spend time in the presence of God. So at prayer school, he had a prayer school. It was voluntary. It wasn't just for the students, but anyone used, could come. And people used to come from all over the world, in fact, to, to, to be there. I know people who came from Sweden when we were at Rema to attend prayer and healing school. So at prayer school, you know, sometimes he used to say, okay, guys, uh, I'm going to pray. And if you want to pray, you can pray. If you just want to watch, Watch because you learn from watching. So sometimes he'd be on his knees and he'd be praying and we would sit and watch him because you learn by watching. You learn by watching people who know how to pray. You learn by watching how they intercede, how they talk to God and how God speaks to them. It's a very precious thing. So learn to develop a life of prayer. Okay. Now in Matthew chapter six, verses six to eight, it says, but when you pray, Go into your most private room and closing the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. And when you pray, do not heap up phrases, multiply words, repeating the same ones over and over as the Gentiles do for they think they will be heard for their much speaking. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, this is interesting. He's talking about private prayer. You know, there's a, there, there, there is a corporate prayer, which is powerful. I believe it. I love corporate prayer. I remember when I was a new believer and relatively new believer, I'd been saved uh, 
less than two years and uh, one and a half years. And I was zealous, full of fire. I had come out of prison for preaching and I was in Belgium with oper op Operation Mobilization. And we used to have all night prayer meetings. Oh, I love the all night prayer meetings. We were up all night praying. And if we got sleepy, we'd just lay on the floor and doze off and get up and continue to pray. So we would start at night and uh, in the evening and we'd go all night. And uh, oh boy, I mean, the anointing was powerful in those prayer meetings. So that was, that is wonderful. I love, I wish people would do more of those all nighters. I love corporate prayers. I love it. Like in Africa, uh, my goodness, I mean, they we pray. I mean, the intensity, the volume is so large, is so loud that even if you got tired, you couldn't sleep. I mean, they they start at ten out of ten and they finish there too. They pray, and I love those corporate prayer meetings. But the the deepest things that God does is not in the corporate prayer meetings. It is in the individual, and that's that's. I love corporate prayers, but that's what I love the most when I'm all alone. Uh, when, uh, you know, my wife is out and there's no one here and I'm in the bedroom and I just lay on the floor before God and I, I just talk to the Father. And those are the times of uh, intimacy and personal devotion and talking to the Father. And, uh, you know, I just, I just rest my head on his feet like a pillow and I just, I just lay in the presence of God. Then I talk to the Father and he speaks to me. Those are deep personal intimate things. So there's times when we pray before people, but the most important thing is that deep personal prayer. So develop a life of intense, personal, deep intimacy with the Father. When you come on one-on-one, -on -one, uh, when you come one-on-one -on -one before the Father and you talk to Him the deepest things of your heart, because there's some things like this, like some things you can't say in 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 public, but you can say them in private. Anyway, I will I will start with this that I'm talking about right now about the personal prayer and intimacy, and I will continue with this tomorrow. But let's pray now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. I ask you to bless them, touch them, Father, make them strong prayer warriors for you. Do great things for them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well. God bless you and I'll be seeing you tomorrow.